want us to have a look at Matthew chapter 6. I want to share a little story first, and then uh, I want to share with you something. Uh, mentioned what happens, how to say I'm sorry. How to say I'm sorry. How many people know that's not easy to say? <laughs> Guys, you know that. It's not easy to say I'm sorry. I want to talk with you about how to make a good apology. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I remember uh, some years ago when I was uh, very unchristian, being Christian, uh, saved for perhaps two years, and uh, God began to speak to me about his kingdom. And we had a revelation of the order of his kingdom, the authority of his kingdom. And uh, as a result of that, it came like a revelation that we're not part of a democracy, we're part of a kingdom with a king, and there's order and governance. And when that revelation came to me, it began to, God began to speak to me, and a whole lot of areas of my life quickly aligned. And uh, one of the areas I needed to sort out was my relationship with my boss at work. And uh, I felt the Lord speak to me that I needed to go and make an apology. And uh, I needed, what the problem was, that uh, we had lots of paperwork and administration to do. I loved the teaching, but I hated all this paperwork. And I was often very tardy with the paperwork. And uh, it caused frustration to him that I was many times late in bringing in the paperwork that was needed. And so I went to him and I said, can I have uh, five or ten minutes with you when it suits you? And he said, yes, come and see me. He gave me the time and I went in to see him. And I sat down to him and I said, now this is, I, it's very important that you do this. And I'll, I'll lay it out for you very simply how to do it. And this is how I spoke to him. I said, recently God has been speaking to me about my attitudes. And he's been convicting me that some of the attitudes I've held have not been good. In fact, actually, they've been quite negative and destructive. And specifically, he showed me that when I delayed and didn't get onto the job of uh, sending in the forms and so on at the right time, this created pressure and stress for you, which was difficult for you. And I want you to know I am so sorry for the pressure that I have brought upon you in the difficult job you have because of my neglect in putting things in in time. I said, I am going to work to ensure that in the future I get everything in on time. And I, am sir I want you to know how sorry I am for the inconvenience this has caused you. Will you find it in your heart to forgive me? And there was a silence for a moment because he was shocked. He was completely shocked. And he was stunned. He actually didn't have a clue what to say. And he said, well, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate your coming and saying that. And he just left it at that. But I observed that from that point on, my relationship with him shifted. And I look over a period of time and I saw, not just because of this, but I believe an important part of this was it positioned me for promotion and favor in his eyes at a later time. So something that had created a problem, when it was dealt with properly, created an opportunity. And I believe we need to understand how important it is in God's eyes for us to put things right. I'm surprised how many people sit on anger. They harbor anger and resentment, and they harbor it for years. Had someone come up and tell me, one time I've been angry at you for two years. I thought, wow, that's a long time to be angry, isn't it, really? I'm so sorry about that. And uh, we tried to work it out. In, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12, Jesus is teaching us to pray, and he says, forgive us 
as we forgive others their failures. Forgive us our failures just as we forgive others their failures. So God is really interested in us building good relationships with one another. And one of the most common problems among Christians as well as anywhere else are offenses, uh, things that uh, create problems and, and pain and hurt that are never properly put right. And if uh, rights of a person are violated, they get angry, they get resentful, and one of two things can happen. Either there's judgment comes into it, or there's grace and God's way comes into it. We just make that choice as whether we'll handle things in God's way or not. The culture that we live in goes something like this. It goes, if you do something wrong, or do anything wrong, don't expect responsibility for your part in it. Just deny it and blame someone else. And you ever look how often that is, that when an issue comes up and you try to address it, how many times people totally deny it, or they blame someone else, or they try to minimize it. When you walk away, you're more upset than you were when you first went to them, because they have refused to recognize that you are trying to fix a relationship, restore a breach that an offense or some wrong behavior or insensitive behavior has created. You know, sometimes in the church culture, and some of the, the thinking is like this, if something does something wrong, well, you just got to forgive. You got to forgive no matter how bad it is, no matter how many times they do it. Now, I think both of these approaches to it are flawed and wrong, and they create problems. When someone refuses to put something right, it leaves breaches in relationships, it creates disunity and fracture, and no blessing flows. It hinders the blessing of God flowing. And you can't treat people or Christians in a, in a, in a, in a bad way or an unkind or an unjust way and think you can just carry walking with God as normal. God is deeply concerned about how we treat one another. For example, when Saul had an encounter with Jesus, Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? So Jesus totally identified with his church. And when Paul attacked Christians, Jesus said, you're attacking me. Have you ever thought that when you are critical, when you hurt or damage or offend and upset other Christians, that you're actually offending and upsetting Christ himself, who dwells within them and has identified himself with us? Think about that. So I think uh, it, when we refuse to address the things or when we try to dismiss and just say, got to forgive everyone, I think when you tra- treat it that way, it never really solves. And I want to just help you to do, show you how good for, good, a good apology might work. So if we're to forgive as Christ forgave us, how does God forgive? See? Now, there's some people take the view, well, God just forgives. He's just so nice and he's kind and he forgives and he's just so loving and forgiving and, and everything's going to be okay. And that's not quite the whole truth. If you think about how God forgives, think about this. In 1 John 1 verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So notice there's a condition there. We have to do something. We have to confess our sins. That word confess means to say the same thing about our sin as God says about it. That it is sin, it is wrong, it's created grief, but he is forgiving and will provide release as we confess our sin in this way. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever confesses and forsakes his sin will have mercy. So you notice that when something has been done that's wrong, you have to front up about it. 
and put it right. Otherwise, it just creates deeper and deeper breaches. Uh, in Luke 17, verse 3, it says, If your brother sins against you, then go to him and rebuke him, and if he hears you and repents, then forgive him. That's an amazing scripture. In other words, if someone does something that upsets you, you should front up to that person, not talk to everyone else about it. They're the only person that can put it right. And it says front up to them, it says rebuke them. That's not quite the word. The word originally means place a value on the person. It means literally to honor them or consider them precious. So if someone does something wrong and you go up to them to try and restore the relationship, you are placing a value on them. You are saying, you are precious to me. I value you. I value our relationship. I want to talk about the issue between us so we can put it right. I want us to, I want the relationship restored. See, quite challenging, isn't it? So uh, in a good apology then, you're going to communicate several things. Number one, that you regret hurting them. Number two, you really respect and care about the person and their feelings. And three, you want to put it right as much as lies within your power. See, that's what a good apology looks like. And uh, we'll tell you what a bad one looks like in a moment. So what, why is it so difficult for people to say, I'm sorry? Can you remember the thing in Australia some years ago, uh, trying to get John Howard to say sorry to the Aborigines? He just couldn't bring himself to do it. It was just something about saying sorry that people find very hard to do. And there's a number of reasons for it, but uh, I wonder if you would identify with these and whether you yourself find it difficult to say I'm sorry. And some people find it very hard. Uh, for some people, they see it as a sign of weakness. If I say I'm sorry, I'm showing weakness, and I don't want to admit a flaw, so I'm not going to say I'm sorry. Uh, that means they can't fix the relationship. Uh, some feel that they're giving up power and, uh, and they want the upper hand, they want to stay in charge, so I can't show up any weakness and say I'm sorry. Uh, some people, uh, it's pride, they're just not willing to be vulnerable. I, I don't want you to see me being weak, so I'm not going to admit anything wrong. Men have a big problem with this. Some, it's fear of the consequence. If I, if I say, well, I'm sorry, what, what's going to happen? How's this going to work out? For some, they won't say they're sorry because they've just got no clue. They're clueless. They're this lack of awareness. They don't even, they're not even aware. Some people, if they're, they're so unaware of what they've done, even when you try to tell them, it's not easy to get, get this through. So these are some of the difficulties. How many, and, and some just reason it away. Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, it's nothing. Uh, it's not that bad. Or anyway, they did something bad to me, so this is, evens it up. That, that's a people have. But God doesn't want you to think that way. He wants you to think about loving people, putting relationships right. So if you do make a good apology, you could make a, something that was bad turn into something that was much better. And uh, if you don't, then people have this thing, it's unjust and it's unfair, and they tend to stay angry. So how are we going to make a good apology? I want to show you a few things in it, and then I'm going to ask you the question as to whether there's anyone you need to put something right with. Think about that. You're getting so quiet, so I feel like the Holy Ghost is probably speaking there. Anyway, just tell me what, I'll tell you first of all what a poor apology looks like or sounds like. This is what a poor apology sounds like. Sorry. Now, kind of had an element of apology in it, but it didn't quite cut it. Something a little bit wrong in it, isn't there, right? Eh? Here's a second one I said, I'm sorry, but. And now it's, I'm going to explain that actually, well, yeah, I'm sorry, but, I've, and there's other things to say. Uh, another one is, is, you hear this all the time, I'm sorry if I hurt you. That's not an apology. 
sorry if I hurt you. I'm not even admitting I hurt you. I'm not even, I'm not even dealing with the first part of the apology, which is to recognize that you've been hurt by my actions. Sorry if I hurt you. Dear Lord, that's not an apology. You know that. How many have had that? How have you had someone say that to you? Sorry if I hurt you. And you're thinking, should I go there and tell them? Or should we just, oh, let's just. See? Oh, here's another one. Sorry, you just need to get over it. You need to move on. And you're thinking, I was actually quite having a happy day before you come and said that to me. Now I'm really even more angry than before. I said I was sorry. Can't you move on? I said I was sorry. Clearly something's missing. There's, there's a key ingredient is missing in all of those apologies. How many have heard all of those apologies? You've all heard them. We've all heard them. And how many felt there was something missing in there? Yeah, it was some missing. You kind of felt... That just doesn't cut it. I don't like that apology. And I feel a bit resentful now because it's almost like I've got to forgive you, but I don't like your apology. And now I'm angry, not only what you did, but also angry because you're making me say, I forgive you. This is bad. We've all been trapped in that kind of deal. And so what was missing in all of that is one simple thing, and that is uh, uh, a regret for the pain that was caused by the insensitive actions. That's the one thing that's missing. You put that in, and you can get it to work every time. So let me just give you the characteristics of a good apology. You want to get these down? They're quite simple. What, what is required to get an apology to work well? You know, And you think about it when we, when we come to the Lord. God has extended. He's done everything to make it possible for us to be forgiven. Uh, Jesus Christ came into this world. He died on the cross for us and took all the punishment, the innocent dying for the guilty, so we could be forgiven. But it still requires one thing. That means this. You have to front up, I am sorry. I did something wrong that caused grief to you. So here's the core ingredients. Number one, regret. I'm sorry for causing you pain. If you don't understand how you've hurt someone, you can never make a proper apology. So probably you've got to ask some questions and discover a little bit about it. But the first thing that makes an apology genuine is to acknowledge, I am sorry that I have caused you pain. I'm sorry that what I did hurt you. I'm sorry that the things I did caused you pain or inconvenience or it caused you damage or loss. No excuses, no minimizing, no buts. No explaining, nothing. It's just, I'm sorry what I did caused you pain or damage or loss. You're actually acknowledging that there was pain and loss. And until that's acknowledged, the apology never works. The first step of a good apology is to understand and acknowledge the feelings of the person that you've hurt. Once you acknowledge those feelings, the way is made for the apology then to take effect. If the feelings are never acknowledged, then you find it never seems to work. The person walks away feeling, I didn't get hurt in this, you know. Somehow, I've got a lot of stuff I'm sitting on that you caused. Now, you've walked away and I feel like I have to forgive you. This is just so bad. See, there's a conflict goes on. So a very simple way you can make a good apology is this. Just Number one, show regret. I'm really sorry that my actions hurt you. They offended you. They caused you grief and pain. They caused you loss. 
that caused you inconvenience. Helpful if you're quite specific about what it was. Second thing is to take responsibility for your part. Now, a lot of people try and do a juggling act. Well, I, they're responsible for that much. I'm only responsible for this bit, and you're to blame. And so they try to blame someone else rather than own their bit. Listen, even if it's only 10%, own your 10%. So, so I was wrong. I was wrong. Identify what you did that created the pain and the hurt. When I was late, I caused you inconvenience. I am sorry for this pain that I've caused you. Lying. When you lied, when you didn't tell the truth, when you misrepresented, when you were rude. I'm sorry I was rude. It was wrong of me to treat you with such little respect. I know that that hurt you, and I am so sorry for my actions. You understand? And the pain, of course. You get the idea? You all got so quiet on this. Think about it. Inconsiderate. So it's just quite simple. You just got to own responsibility. Own your bit. It never works if you don't own your bit. And that's the one thing, the two things people are wanting is this. The first one is they want to know that you are where you cause them pain. The second is that you're taking responsibility. And then the third part is really simple, is how can I put this right? In restitution. Sometimes you've actually got to do something to put something right. So if you cause damage, you'd be amazed. Like, for example, uh, I've known here someone in the, in the church who lent uh, vehicles out to different people. and They've come back damaged or, or left in a mess or whatever. You know what that does? That totally demotivates the person from showing kind acts. What's really needed is an apology from the person. I am sorry, this was inconsiderate and thoughtless of me to leave this in a damaged state like that. Will you forgive me? Can I put this right? You know, someone borrows a motor mower and they return it and it's broken. You know, well, I wasn't going too good, it was old anyway. You know, that's not the Bible. What the Bible says is this, you know, if, if you lend something to someone and you're there and it breaks down, you're responsible. If you lend it to someone and you're not there, then they're responsible, they should repair it. And you come to an agreement about it, but to say nothing is really bad. Repentance, I'm willing to change. I'll do the best I can that this doesn't happen. In other words, you show intent that you'll be more sensitive. You may not succeed all the time, but at least you're showing some intent to change. And then finally, request forgiveness. Will you forgive me? And you find it in your heart to forgive me. And quite simple, isn't it? How hard can it be to say something like that? Hey? To say, I realize that I have hurt your feelings. I am so sorry for my thoughtless actions that caused pain and distress for you. Is there anything I do to put this right for you? I will do what I can to make sure I don't repeat this. Can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Now, that's a great apology. Really simple. Now, a lot of people, when they come to God, do something like this. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I sinned. And in their heart, they feel it doesn't cut it. And they walk away not feeling forgiven. Even though Jesus died on the cross to forgive us. Here's what the problem is. It's really quite simple. The problem is we're going through the motions. All I want to do is feel less guilty. What I'm not thinking about is that sin hurt you, you are a person with feelings, and when I did this, it hurt you. It caused grief to the Spirit of God that lives within me. Many Christians grieve the Holy Spirit and then want to have no power in their lives. How can, you have, how can you expect to have power in your life if you grieve the Holy Spirit and think nothing of it? Oh, I'm sorry, please forgive me. How shallow. How shallow. It's better to, to begin to think, 
God, what I did has grieved and hurt you because you love me so much. I am really so sorry of the grief I have caused you when I did this. It was foolish and careless. I will do, by your grace, the best I can to overcome in that area. Will you forgive me? Now, with God, forgiveness is guaranteed. All it requires is a repentant heart. And some people in the grace movement teach you don't need to say you're sorry once you've said it the first time. I don't believe that at all. I believe that you disrespect people when you don't acknowledge how your actions have hurt them. And so one of the key things in sustaining a great relationship with God is to acknowledge with a good apology, to acknowledge, God, you love me, and because you love me, this has hurt you. My actions and words and attitudes brought grief to you. I am so sorry for that. Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. And Lord, give me grace to enable me and empower me to live differently. See, it's showing respect. And that's what makes the difference in making the apology. And then, of course, with God, it says, if we confess our sins, we'll say the same thing. Now, Lord, I thank you. I am forgiven, and I receive your forgiveness. I refuse to be condemned, and I stand and live free of this now. A lot of Christians would find their life much freer if they could actually put their lives right with God much more thoroughly. And if we could address relationships with one another in a similar kind of way. How long is it since you ever heard someone do a great apology like that? How many would like to hear one? It'd be great. Why don't you start doing it yourself then? Why don't you sow the thing you'd love to receive? And you become the kind of person that actually takes the view that when I do things that hurt people, I'm going to own up and I will put it right as best I'm able. Because the Bible says this. I was reading through it. There's seven things God says are first. Seems weird, doesn't it? Seven things are first. But he said, there's a number of times in the Bible, in the New Testament, Jesus said, do this first. When you come offering a gift at the altar, first put your relationships right. Because God sees what's going on in your relationships, and he's not impressed with your worship if your relationships aren't right. First. He says another place, seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, he says, uh, rather than judge other people, first get the beam out of your own eye. There's a whole lot of first. Look them up in the Bible. You find they're really quite interesting, the things that Jesus said. Do this first. So when it comes to this area here, do this first. As you come into a place of worship, do this first. Sort your heart attitude out with people. In other words, if you're aware someone is offended, someone's upset, do your best to put it right. And if you yourself need to put something right, do your best to get it quickly. I've had to say sorry to my wife many times before I was able to get up and speak. <laughs> I am sorry. Because the pressure that comes on, on the, because of the breach of relationship, stops you flowing in the Holy Ghost. And I love the Holy Ghost. I've got to humble myself now and do what he says to get this right. He says, don't you even think of getting up there to preach if you haven't put this one right. Don't you think God speaks to preachers in the middle of the meeting? I've many times have had to say, honey, I'm sorry for those unkind words. I was wrong. Because that's what God required to stay in the flow of the Spirit. So, here's a simple question. Is there anyone you need to apologize to? Why don't you just close your eyes right now and just, I'll ask you the question again. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. Is there anyone 
that we need to go to and make a great apology because it'll help us in our relationship with you as well as restore a relationship we damaged by carelessness. Is there anyone, God, speaking to you? And while your eyes are closed, is there anyone here? And perhaps you have never made the number one apology, the first apology that needs to be made. And that's an apology to God. Lord, I've lived your planet. I've eaten your food. I've, I've breathed in your ear. I've drunk your water. Lord, I have used the things that are here in this world, and I have never acknowledged you or built a relationship or connection with you. This is what the Bible calls sin. It's, it's living a life without God, and Jesus came to sort that out. He came to sort that very simple way. He died on the cross for us. He took the penalty for all our sins, so we can come and identify and say, Jesus, I thank you died to pay the price for my sins so I can be free. The Bible says, to everyone who received Jesus Christ, to believe on his name, he gave power to become a child of God. Our first step towards God is, God, I need you. I have messed up my life. I am sorry. I have done things and said things and behaved in ways that have caused destruction to myself and others. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me and give me grace to become a different person. Is there anyone here ready to make that decision today to receive Jesus Christ? Would you like to do that? Just raise your hand. Let me see. Is there anyone right at that point want to receive Jesus Christ today? God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless. Anyone else? Anyone else wanting to receive Jesus today? God bless. I see three hands up. This is what we will do now, just in a moment. In a moment, we're all going to stand together. And each of the people that put your hands up, if you could come up to the front and stand facing me, it'll take, me about, it'll take us about two minutes. I'm going to lead you a simple prayer to just say sorry to Jesus and ask him to forgive you and come into your life and change you. You'll have a new beginning. It'll be a great new start. What a way to begin the day. Amen? Church, come on, let's just stand to our feet right now. Let's give them a great clap as people come up. One, over here, two, and from down the back, three. God bless. Come on, church, let's celebrate. As people come, as people come to Jesus. God bless. God bless you, dear. Okay, church, why don't we just close our eyes and we're going to pray a simple prayer. Prayer is just talking to God and He will hear you. I want you just to follow me in this simple prayer. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for words and actions which have hurt you and have been destructive in my relationships. Lord, forgive me. I receive your forgiveness now. I receive your spirit into my heart and I give you my life today. I thank you, Lord, for loving me. I belong to you. Amen. Amen. Just stay with your eyes closed for a minute. Lord, I just pray your blessing to come upon Barbara right now. I pray peace over you in Jesus' name. I take authority. 
over the words that have abused you and hurt you over many years. I break their power today. I break destructive words, loud words, angry words, hurtful words. I break them and I speak blessing over you. You are loved by your Father in heaven. You are precious to him. He cares for you. He loves you. Touch him right now. Lord, I just pray for our sister here today. I thank you for her. Lord, I just pray blessing and peace upon her life. God wants you to know you're not alone. You're not alone. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When you open the door of your heart, I will come in and I will fellowship with you. God loves you. God loves you. Father, I pray for Sharon today. I thank you, Lord, for bringing her here. Father, I pray blessing upon her today. I release your love and your peace into her heart and life. God has been teaching you to trust him. He's been teaching you how he loves you. And even the biggest problems in your life that seem unable to be overcome, he says he's, they're not too big for him. He can overcome them. And this week he's shown you his love. And as you walk with him, you're going to see miracle after miracle in your life. He loves you. Touch your Lord. Father, bless my brother today. Touch him. Father, I pray peace. I pray healing and strength. Pray full recovery in his life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's welcome everyone into the family of God.